With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time <gasps> no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com daily bonuses are waiting no purchase necessary void were prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details espn denver 1600 presents clar and company Good music to gear up for a Broncos win on Sunday. Is it going to happen against the Falcons? Will they become legitimate contenders for the playoffs at 4-4? Four and four? We've just debated that, and we'll continue that on with Ian St. Clair on our Broncos Blast segment. Follow him at Ian St. Clair. You can listen to him on Mile High, read him at Mile High Report, and listen to him on the Mile High Radio uh, podcast there, uh, or uh, read him at uh, Colorado, playcolorado.com. We will be getting to that in a moment, and it's all brought to you by Framed Art. Keep calm, frame on with Brian Hart at Framed Art. Not just sports, not just where the Broncos go, but how about your music memorabilia? Uh, check it out on Twitter uh, and at Framed Art and on Facebook. The, what they did with the handwritten song list from the two sets of the Rolling Stones concerts at Coachella and Barcelona, or the John Prine, there's a great name uh, that we lost this year, presents all the best concert poster. All of that stuff preserved, framed beautifully, memories to last a lifetime. Museum glass, acid-free materials at Framed Art, personal and sports memorabilia to museum quality fine art. The award-winning framer for Denver is Framed Art 3065 South Broadway. And on that note, we bring in our buddy Ian St. Clair from Mile High Report. Ian, uh, with everything leading up to this game, the great comeback win in the fourth quarter where he was just on fire for Drew Locke. Um, 
again, coming off of a win, going to play a team that is really in disarray this season, uh, a formerly proud franchise, the Falcons. Is this the game that should set up for Drew Locke to make a big statement and show that he is the franchise quarterback in the future? I certainly hope so, because I, I think, to me, the key to the game uh, for the Broncos to, to get this win, to go into Atlanta. And we all know the history of the Broncos not playing well in the early games, so the 11 a.m. kickoff games, Mountain Time. We know they don't have a history of playing well. So I think the key to this is they come out and they come out fired up. They come out and they play the, they start the game against the Falcons the way they ended against the Chargers. And if they're able to do that, I think that is going to set this team up to start taking the next path on that um, road back to relevancy to where we all want them, Broncos country wants them all to be. And I think this is a, this is really is a big game for Drew Locke, this offense, for the defense, for the team in general. Because when we talked earlier this year about the schedule, these are the games that they have to win. If they want to get into that position to even compete for a playoff spot, they have to win these games. We know there are Grand Canyon. There's a Grand Canyon gap between the Broncos and the Chiefs at this point, and you can say the same about the Ravens. I don't. This is. These are the teams in the games that they have to win. So this, this is going to be a, a good test to see how they respond to a big win, a historic win, and how can they build off of it, and what way do they build off it? Do they take the next step in the positive way, or do they? continue what they've done and potentially stay stuck in the mud so to speak hey Ian, if you're um if you're a fan you're excited after the after the comeback win the way they won it late and all that and and kids was talking about the pass interference penalty on the last but that was pass interference i mean that's textbook pass interference so i don't think they have anything to apologize for but that doesn't cover up the earlier especially the first half the the, the roller coaster of the offense the inconsistency with the offense do you still chalk that up to pat Shermer and drew Locke just not having totally got coordinated yet um do you expect them to keep make keep making baby steps or is this offense just not a fit for what Drew Locke wants to do? I, I think it's a combination of all of that. I think they're still trying to get a feel for each other. I think the, guy, the guys on offense, the players are still trying to get a feel for each other. And, you have to, and all the injuries, too. I mean, they were able to do that without Tim Patrick, who is yep. their best receiver short without of Cor- Cortland Sutton, Cor- yeah. without Cortland Sutton, who hasn't right. been, been out there since week two against Pittsburgh. So I, yeah. I think it's a combination of all of that. And I think what this can do for Pat Shermer, for Mike Shula, for Drew Locke, and for all the other guys on offense is say, if we do what we did from the second half of the third quarter into the fourth quarter, we can beat anybody in the league. That offense was absolutely incredible. So I think it is going to be baby steps, but they want it at any point in, in life, whether it's, a, whether it's sports, whether it's whatever you do, when you get concrete evidence that what you're doing is working, it gives you that belief that we can actually do this and we can get better. We can do better than what we just did. So I think that's where it becomes something that maybe it can be more than a baby step, but they had to take that first baby step, and that was against the Chargers. Nice to hear the uh, the upside eloquently put. Ian, two-parter for you. Uh, 
down 24 to 3 in the third quarter. Philip Lindsay's 55-yard touchdown run lights the spark. Even the Atlanta coach this week was talking about Philip Lindsay as a spark. You don't hear that from the Broncos. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't hear. It. I, I still think this guy is the most disrespected Bronco by his own team, uh, by far. Uh, you know, this this guy is is incredible when he's on the field. It, it makes a huge difference. In part two, am I should I be ready to resurrect? Because I've thrown his career away as a guy who uh, was not a trusted receiver. Should I be ready to resurrect Deshaun Hamilton as a contributor to this team? I think what you're seeing with Philip Lindsay, and I said this last week against the Chargers, is he is the heart and soul of the offense. And that is abundantly clear after that 55-yard touchdown run. He sparked the offense. I still think the key to the game and the play of the game was Bryce Callahan's interception. I think that's what allowed the Broncos to have a position to win the game. But it was no doubt that 55-yard run lit a fire in the offense. So I think that's what Pat Shermer needs to do. He needs to find ways to get Philip Lindsay involved in the offense, whether it's feed Phil as the hashtag on social media this week has been. And yes, and I kudos to Melvin Gordon for that incredible heads-up play to be able to get the ball across the first down marker when he caught that pass. So I think utilize both of them. And then as for Deshaun Hamilton, it's just it's getting the reps and it's getting – it's getting that confidence and uh, work with Drew Locke to where Drew Locke can trust him. And I, I think you're seeing now that these guys have been on the field for a while. They're getting a feel for the offense. They're getting a feel for each other. And I think it's it, it, all it is is positive. And as Adam and I have been saying on our podcast, even when they were losing, but they were covering and making games closer against Tennessee, against Pittsburgh, not so much against Tampa, and definitely not against Kansas City. But you can still see the light at the end of the tunnel. After a dark five years, you can see it. And I think you're seeing it now with Deshaun Hamilton. You're seeing it with Jerry Judy, uh, with Melvin Gordon, with Philip Lindsay, and, and with Drew Locke. And it's now, okay, now that we saw this against the Chargers, what can they do next? What is the next step on this path for the Broncos to get back? And that's why it's so big on Atlanta to, to see what they can do. I, I just, Michael, and this I guess is for you as much as it is for Ian. I don't know where the disrespect thing comes from. I don't know. I don't know that anybody. Is it just because they haven't given him a fat contract yet? Because I know he, sports is an emotional deal, and and everybody loves the hometown kid and all that. But I don't think Phillips Lindsay's been disrespected even a little bit. I think they're waiting to pay him till they have to. That's the way they do it. They did the same thing with Justin Simmons last year. They're not going to pay a guy till they have to pay him. Um, and going out and getting Melvin Gordon was a smart move because you can't – Phillips Lindsay's not an every down back. He never will be. He's not big enough. Even so in the I press conference. Even in the press conference. I don't get saying, it. People are saying, wow, what about Phillips Lindsay? And you go, yeah, but what about this play that was made? Well, they're, <laughs> they're going to – they have to – they're not – coaches are like that. Coaches aren't going to get overly excited about something like that. It's not – I mean, last year we were complaining they didn't pay Justin Simmons, and they did in the offseason when they had to. They're not going to pay Philip Lindsay until they have to um, by his contract status. And, and so that's just the reality of NFL life. I don't think – I think the Denver Broncos know exactly how valuable Philip Lindsay is, and I don't think he's going anywhere. And I don't think – I think he, if he continues to get the ball in his hands 12 to 15 times a game and can stay on the field, he's going to do great things for this franchise. But just – I mean, I think it's the emotion. I think it's the fact that he's Denver South and CU guy The people want to throw this disrespect label on him. I don't believe it. I don't think he's disrespected. I think he's he's a critical part of this team and everybody knows it. 
I will say, I think where the disrespect comes in, I don't think it's his teammates. I don't think it's his coaches. I do think it comes from John Elway in the front office because they threw that huge contract to Melvin Gordon. That's where mm-hmm. it could come in. I don't think it's from, I don't think it's from the players, and I don't think it's from the coaches because they saw the evidence that he is the heart and soul of the offense on Sunday with that touchdown run. So, and I think John Elway got that too. I don't think. Uh, I think he's got a little more evidence that uh, Philip Lindsay. I don't think if it, I don't think it's disrespect. I think it's more of I, I think they take for granted what Philip Lindsay brings to this team. Well, hey, we'll, we'll continue to talk about that as time goes on. Let's hope Philip Lindsay keeps throwing it in their face, so to speak, and they have to pay the guy and he stays healthy. But AJ Boye is out the top corner for this game against the Falcons. All three starters from the beginning of the year on a good defensive line, likely not to play today. Will we see Shelby Harris? Will we have a, with a front line of uh, Sylvester Williams, Dre Jones, uh, Deshaun Williams, etc.? Uh, how did the Broncos fare? Break this one down and give us a prediction on the Falcons. I, I think the key to this game is you have to stop Todd Gurley. I think the weapons that Matt Ryan has, especially with Julio Jones, that, that becomes a little more – I mean, it's difficult to stop him to begin with. But now that you have your top cornerback out, it's going to make it a little more difficult. It, offensively, the Falcons are still a machine. Uh, so, to me, you have to stop Todd Gurley. I, I mean, I know it's cliche, but you have to make the Falcons one-dimensional. If they're able to run the football and have play action, it's going to be a very difficult task for the Broncos' defense to slow down this Falcons' offense. And then offensively, they just need to come out and do what they did in the fourth quarter. I, again, that's cliche and easy to say, but they have the evidence. Now go out and do it again. And it helps that the, the Falcons' defense defense is garbage, so they should be able to move the ball and score some points. They're going to have to score points, and they have to get out to a fast start. They cannot come out and get behind this Falcons offense, even though the Falcons allow teams to come back. You don't want to continue to do that. You don't want to continue to get behind the eight ball. So the Broncos are going to have to come out. They're going to have to get some stops on defense early, and they're going to have to get some some drives together and score points to get themselves an advantage, especially on the road against the a Falcons team that has played better since Dan Quinn was fired when Mahim Roster has took over their two and one. So they're playing better. I so to me it's all about coming out and getting a fast start both offensively and defensively and just building off what they did. And I think they will right, so win thirty one twenty four. Thirty okay, there it is. Thirty one twenty four Broncos. All right. Ian, we will uh, read your horse tracks, your pregame column in the morning on Mile High Report. Listen to Mile High Pi, uh, Radio podcast uh, after the game uh, is done uh, in, during uh, during the week, as I do every week. We'll enjoy that. And thank you, and good luck to, uh, to the Broncos. We know you'll be rooting. <laughs> I definitely will. Thanks, guys. All right. Thank Thank you, you. Ian St. Clair. Hey, coming up next, Mark, we have uh, Happy Days are here again, at least for a week in Fort Collins. At least for a week. uh, Ram Roundup, Kelly Lyle from the Colorado will join us and uh, talk about the great Border War victory, a dazzling episode two for Coach oh, Daz Zero. Stop it. Just stop it. Stop it. <laughs> and his quarterback choice. We'll talk about all of that next.